community podcast with Michael Hughes, Berenice Smith and me, Sarah Lawrence. If you're new to this podcast, we're here to delve beneath the surface of the childless identity, to cover what's going on in the wider community and to look at the topics that really affect us. Our goal is to help and support those of you out in the community by sharing the stories and the voices that make up our narrative so that you too can begin to find yours. We also aim to inform and educate those who aren't members of our community so that they can begin to understand and support those people in their lives who are facing a life without children. In this episode, it's just us. We're reflecting on our year and then we talk about Christmas. Yes, the dreaded C word and all that it conjures up for us in the childless community. As usual, because it's unscripted, this episode went in directions we hadn't expected. But one thing was clear we all still struggle with Christmas. So sit back, relax and enjoy this episode all about how we come to terms with Christmas and what it represents for us. Good morning, evening, wherever you might be. Um, This podcast, it's a December podcast of the full stop and it's me, Berenice, with Sarah and Michael. We have no guests on this one um, because usually it tends to be the three of us and we will be inviting people in via a recording a little gizmo a gizmo on our website where people can record a message and then we can pop it into the edited issue of the edition publication whatever of the full stop so it's just the three of us and we're going to be asking each other some questions about the year and then we're going to be talking about boundary setting the complicated issue of boundaries particularly at this time of the year and as we go into new year and the start of the year back to all times really boundaries are important yeah particularly around christmas though isn't it i think yeah. what yeah. can we or can't we do yeah those pesky expectations so mm. michael has given us some questions because he's <laughs> on a long drive weren't you mr hughes yeah much to your 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 horrors yeah <laughs> i had uh, seven hours in the car yesterday so came out with lots of stuff lots of questions I was wondering, how was your year, though? How, you know, if you were to round up your year, how was it? Quite one word. <laughs> one word, one sentence, it's up to you. Oh, you see, Bindi does this sometimes. Okay. Yeah, it's how is your, how are you doing? And he's sort of like in a sentence or a word. <laughs> There's a few of us, not verbal diarrhea, but like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> You know, it's, it's a really pointed statement, isn't it? It's kind of I know when I start my when I start counselling session, I go, "How are you?" And everyone goes, "Oh, that's a really pointed, loaded statement." And you think, "Yeah, it is really, isn't it?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's putting people on the spot, isn't it? I guess a roller coaster, really. Mm, but out of my comfort zone a bit, but then actually in it. Yeah, and actually a lot about boundaries. Yeah, actually going back to sort of, you know, what we're going to talk about later. Definitely doing some really firm work about boundaries, but actually myself and my boundaries and not staying in my lane as well. It's been very challenging to do that sometimes. Mm. And so quite difficult decisions as well. I think it's the year I grew grew up. There you go. (laughs) That's what it (laughs) was. The year I finally grew up. (laughs) Year of adulting. 
<laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I'm not doing that again. Thanks, Ta. I don't. Do you know? I don't think my year's been the same, really. I had the. Uh, I've had a lot of change this year. I think. I think it's um, <clears throat> predominantly trialing, uh, going back to employment, which was um, a shit show of epic proportions. Is <laughs> about all I can say about that. And then um, I guess a few months recovering. Um, I don't. I, I think I was saying it to my husband the other day. It's it is it has been a bit of discovery boundaries realizing that i don't deal well with dickheads is a big one for me i think <laughs> and actually not being not being too uh upset by that discovery i'll be honest it's um i think it is boundary setting isn't it and when i when i say dickheads i mean um in a corporate world i don't mean out and about i don't generally come across people like that when I'm out and about as myself or in the counselling realm it was just going, trying to go back into something corporate was a big no-no uh, and I realised very quickly that it was a mistake but it took a few months to get my myself back on an even keel I guess so and, and Berenice has been very instrumental in that in helping me with my website because that was almost like me coming back and going ta-da I'm here whereas actually I spent quite a lot of time hiding and not really being 100 sure how i'm turning up so yeah i love doing that with you it was brilliant it's been so lovely it was really fun i just is so funny yeah an awful lot of talk about trees um, well, you know, and you saying stuff to me go huh you what you can translate that for me please yeah <laughs> here's a short fat tree and here's tall tree and here's some, here's some blue trees yeah. um yeah what we're going to call this tree um yeah, that was brilliant to watch you do that, Sarah. I think you're amazing. Really, really brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And, and obviously, I think Chester was a highlight for me as well. So that was in that voyage of discovery. But what about you, Michael? I'm going to have to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to say roller coaster as well. Sorry, I'm not very creative. The first half of the year, I'm just trying, I'm going back, you know, things are going along, swimming, you know, fairly well. And then I've got a new boss at work. That's always a bit unsettling. My work has been somewhat, um, I don't know, unpredictable, very unstable. Let's put it that way. So there's been lots of movement, lots of people moving, leaving. So that always leaves you very um, unsettled. So there was an undercurrent of that. And, of course, as much as I don't want work to be part of my identity, it pays the bills. And um, there's there's a there's an added incentive because I've made it very – I'm very open about the fact that I want to retire at 60. And – yeah, so there's that um, incentive to just last out three more years, three more years, <laughs> which creates, which actually creates a little bit of anxiety because you're sort of, oh, yeah, just just three more years. Don't change anything for three more years. But then, of course, um, you know, with the podcast, because one of the reasons I want to I want to retire is because I want to I want to do more stuff with the podcast, with the childless community. But, yeah, just haven't got the bloody time. And then... Yeah, you know, we've got the aging parents, um, which is which is another level there that that adds to that roller coaster. Then um, 
Then, of course, starting our, our online community, Chester, the build-up to that. And now, um, feeling that I, make, I have to say, and I think I can speak on Vicky's behalf as well, that we're feeling really flat right now. Really flat. And, um, yeah, I think... I think there's a there's a whole there's probably a whole episode about coming back from you know being overseas, seeing you guys going to Chester and and the hype of all that, and then coming home to the realities of oh here we go again. So yeah, it's it's been quite a roller coaster for me as well. Yeah, I mean I, I've got to be honest, I've noticed you felt a bit flat lately. It's felt it must have been hard because there was all that build up, wasn't there? It was such a thing. We were all and really excited about meeting each other, meeting Vicky. And it and then it's kind of like, oh, <laughs> it's done. It's it, finished. It's done. It's finished. Yeah. Yeah, I completely get yeah. that. So yeah, it's been a bit an interesting time. Interesting. Yeah. And let's throw something so, in here that's a bit kind of like off ball, but one thing that I felt that's been important as well was how I think we've all got to know each other better the richness of going to Chester and actually meeting lots of people people that we've seen before um people you know we've known before but actually in a different way because the last time we probably all gathered together was Fertility Fest and we weren't doing the podcast then it was not even an idea the first time when we met Michael and then when Sarah and I met, we'd got the little cards. And what I find now, having met you both and having met Vicky and everybody else, is that, you know, that's to counteract the flatness a tiny bit, is that actually that feeling of knowing you all better mm. is just amazing. You know, I, I think that that's probably, you know, it helps maybe you and I, Sarah, with the website a bit, you know, not that necessarily you know, we're close, I think, anyway, but you know, it was nice to, you know, I, I knew who you were, knew you better, and to just catch up again and spend time with Michael and Vicky, but with also with other people as well. There's a big richness there, and that hasn't gone away. It's still there. It's still, you know, settling in here today. And we know each other better to pick up on those vibes, and that's quite a lovely and special thing that we actually did all meet, that we're still quite committed to the podcast nothing fell apart we didn't go oh god I don't like you anymore (laughs) (laughs) gone off you even when you said Michael when we were down at story house in the um (laughs) having a cup of tea do you remember when you were sitting there with we you had the beer and I had the cup of tea we sat with Bindi and a few other people um and Helen Louise Jones was there as well on the other table we were all sat there in story house and Michael said I'm the ideas person. Berenice does the details. <laughs> I was, do you remember that? You were saying, and I've got a long drive coming up when I go back. And my, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Don't you tell you, I'm going to come over to Australia and I'm going to grot you. <laughs> I think she might mean that. <laughs> and it's just, the lovely that I just remember that so vividly it was so funny but yeah it it's lots of memories you know we're going to go back and revisit them again I'm sure and it's painful but isn't it lovely that we all are still 
here and it's brought the podcast so much closer I think we you know it's a it's a commitment now part of the adulting I was referring to earlier mm. <laughs> so how did, how did you, I'm interested to see what how sorry here how you guys reacted to you know um some of our audience approaching you and going you know really love the podcast and that sort of thing did you did you find because you've both admitted that you're both introverts how did how did you find that do you know it was i um it wasn't like people were running up going can i have your autograph which is the for me that would be the the ultimate ick it's kind of like because that's not really for me Mm. what it's about but what I liked, actually, and I think it carries on from really what Berenice was saying, like when we met in London as well, you know, we had Chester and then we had London uh, as the podcast. And what I really loved about it was that actually there wasn't that. It was just a bunch of people meeting and it was very um, egalitarian, if you like. There wasn't the fact that we were all, oh, my God, you're the podcast. It was, oh, hi, we're the podcast and we're the community. And everyone was sort of... I remember looking around, you know, when we was out, um, we were at the pub, weren't we? And we had that area. And I remember ra- looking around at one point going, there isn't one person here looking really sort of out on a limb <laughs> or like they're struggling yeah. or, you know what I mean? It was just a really lovely, uh, all in- sort of inclusive atmosphere. And people were sort of changing and sitting with different people naturally. For me as an introvert, the worst thing you can do is when I'm sat somewhere, and you say, right, everyone get up and shuffle around and talk to someone different. That, for me, that you know, my stomach drops because it's like, I'm very comfortable here, thank you. I've just built a, a rather lovely conversation and now you're going to move me to somebody else that I don't know and I've got to start over. But that didn't happen. It was just a really gorgeous atmosphere, wasn't it, where everyone was just chatting. Mm. There was no one looked like they were left out. And I think, so that, that for me, that, my, that fear never materialised, so I didn't have to think about it. It's, it's interesting when you interesting when you look through the photographs. Mm. They're all smiles. They are. Yeah, it's lovely. So Vicky took a lot of photographs, and when you look through them, everyone's got a smile, which is beautiful. Really, really nice. The same for me as well. I'm just going to say that's yeah, what you said, Sarah, was the same. I think for me, it just brought home that it's nice to have the full stop as a thing. So I find that I find for me because I I don't know whether it's because you know doing design and doing bits and pieces I get kind of not not roped into things that's not an unwilling thing it's a general pleasure and delight to help people if I can and I like to do that but I often sit in the background or the periphery of things which I'm quite happy with you know it's where I'm best at I quite like doing all of that stuff sometimes not always but you know the creative stuff is where I'm happiest but what was lovely was being able to go to something like Chester or last few years I suppose really anything that we've done online or wherever and I guess the focus groups for story house as well was say okay I I have a thing that has an identity that is this part of my life called the full stop and it's nice to be part of a collective but it brought home to me going to all these events and all these conversations that it's it's not ours it was everybody's. So everyone that turned up in London, everyone we've met, everyone we've spoken to, then the full stop is very much about everybody else. We're kind of like, obviously, under the guardian, a gatekeeper for the moment until such time as maybe somebody else comes in and wants to do the full stop. It's it's a, yeah, it's a guardianship, I think, at the moment, but it's nice to have that. So for me, 
going along and seeing everybody there it felt like people were quite happy to turn up and you know literally have a piece of the podcast and they take it away with them and keep it it's theirs it's not mine it's not ours and I loved that that was just amazing I really really enjoyed that I think for me being an introvert my my thing with being an introvert is that I have to sort of recharge in my own company mm-hmm. I can't keep going on and on that's why I'm an introvert mm-hmm. I have a good friend John is a stand-up comic and an introvert and he's always said the introvertism for him is the same it's the re- how he recharges he's never been able to go out and do the party thing after a, after a gig it doesn't work like that for him and that's the same with me I have to go and sort of sit somewhere quietly and yeah it pushed my boundaries a bit because I didn't get feel like I had a great deal of time to recharge but that was me having to own some stuff and work with that and that was okay you know there were some lovely moments I think in all of that where I was able to do that as well Sarah and I you went out to that pub on the Saturday and we just sort of sat and watched the world go by and had a natter and it was just recharging that's just two introverts together <laughs> that was the highlight of introvertism <laughs> you know, just yeah really what you can stick a label on us and go let's, let's do um but yeah, it was just needing a bit of chill time. And that was okay, because that's managing kind of expectations. It's managing boundaries and going, okay, for me to do better later or to do better tomorrow, I need to recharge. And that's a nice kind of thing that I hadn't thought of before and actually a benefit really from from, from knowing you and you know this stuff. And I've sort of gradually started to learn this stuff most from you. So thank you for that. Hi, it's Anne Barrett here from the Blue Mountains, New South Wales in Australia. And firstly, I'd like to extend my deepest thanks to Michael, Bernice and Sarah Lawrence of the Full Stop podcast for creating a space where voices like mine can be heard. Your thoughtful content and genuine empathy go a long way to supporting the childless community. So thank you. I also want to take this moment to express my gratitude to two remarkable individuals who have been instrumental in supporting our cause here in Australia. Sarah Roberts and Judy Graham. Their dedication to advocating on behalf of the childless community is nothing short of inspiring. Both Sarah and Judy volunteer their time to educate businesses, fostering understanding and empathy towards our unique journey. Sarah, I want to personally thank you also for not just your advocacy, but for your friendship. Your understanding, ear and support have been a source of comfort during some of my challenging moments. I am grateful to have you in my life as a colleague and friend. As we approach the holiday season, I wanted to share some words of encouragement, especially for those who may find this time of year particularly challenging. The holidays can be a complex tapestry of emotions and it's okay to navigate them at your own pace. To everyone listening, remember that your journey is uniquely yours and it's okay to acknowledge the mix of emotions that may arise. Allow yourself the grace to feel and don't hesitate to lean on your support system. Reach out to friends like Sarah and Judy or connect with the broader community. In shared stories, we often find solace and strength. May this holiday season bring you moments of peace, joy and unexpected beauty. Your worth is not defined by your family structure and there is a wealth of love and connection waiting to be discovered in the most unexpected places. Wishing you a joyful holiday season and a wonderful new year.
So what, what has challenged you this year? Actually, let's ask you first. Yeah, you go first. Okay. Right back at you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were thinking what I was thinking, Sarah. I like it. Fair enough. What continues to challenge me is, and it gets, I think it gets easier every year, but it's still the biggest thing. It's a try not to be that typical bloke. As we know, as Jody said when we went to Storyhouse, did I bring more waterproof mascara? That my, my emotions, you know, they they sit very close you know, to the top, so to speak. And that does continue to challenge me, I'll have to admit, because um, I can't say that I'm comfortable, I can't say I'm comfortable with it, but I can say that I am becoming comfortable with it, if that makes sense. And so that continues to challenge me. And I, I think some pancreas comes to mind. Mm-hmm. So I had a couple of remarks there by a couple of gentlemen who said that, you know, I've really made a difference in their life. And, yeah, I I had to sort of, oof, can, no, please don't. <laughs> thank, thank you, and I really appreciate that. But, um, yeah, that, um, it started the emotions off, and I, I was a little bit uncomfortable because I'm around, you know, a lot. Don't get me wrong. I know the people who are around will totally understand but it's about what goes on inside my head and, um, you know, still hard to let that out at time. Obviously, I've become more comfortable with it when, when we're doing the podcast here. Um, but, yeah, when when you're around a lot of other people, that you know, it's a little bit different, a little bit different. So it's a challenge, but not a bad one, if that makes yeah, sense. I was going to say, it must be hard. Um, I don't know how you feel about this, but you are kind of a role model aren't you for guys in our community so i wonder is is there does that does that put an extra pressure on because you are kind of i guess front and center aren't you around the the men's community within this community i, I know what you mean and I, I i i accept what you said that yeah i'm probably the most vocal let's say mm. um but from my point of view i just i just see myself as as a, just an ordinary bloke, just being visible, and that actually gives me um, courage. And that's probably the best way of putting it. So, from that male perspective, where you want to be, you know, bravo and courageous and and that sort of thing, that actually plays into that. Mm-hmm. So it plays into guys looking towards me. Again, I'm, I feel role models, but I feel a bit uncomfortable about that term. But but if they're looking towards me, then that empower, that empowers me in a way that I'm doing something right, and I'm doing, you know, I, I'm I'm leading, perhaps leading the way, and showing other guys it's not that bad. So it plays, it really plays into that. I hope it makes sense, but it plays into that macho part of me because yeah. it doesn't need to be emotional. It does, it, you know, it just says just. Look at what I do, uh, but the weight comes on when you take in, uh, you know, other people's stories, mm-hmm. and you become intimate with that. That's where the weight comes from. So, in our last episode where we talked about why is no one why is no one talking about childless men, the weight of that does, yeah, the weight of that weighs on me. That's shocking English, but I was never good at that. Um, yeah, makes- that weighs on me. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, completely. It's boundaries again, isn't it? It's 
that fine line, isn't it, between between taking on that emotion but also empowering others to do to share their voice in some way as well to to engage how did you feel about the men at childlessness at the story house rather because there was an awful lot there wasn't there doing different things which is interesting to see um yeah it was great i mean i don't want to call out names because obviously i don't have their their permission to do so but you know the the guys that we've all met was it was fantastic, was really good, and it and it was also interesting to see at Storyhouse. There was a lot of younger blokes there as well, which was quite interesting. And I sat next to a, a Dutch couple who were quite young, and um, yeah, they they were a bit more. I don't know what the word is. I wasn't a, not want to say advanced, but I wasn't in the same place they are. At their age, mm. you know, the, and they were they were young. They know they've got pro- they've got some issues, so they've come here to see what what's on offer, what what support they can get. And I thought it was fantastic. And but and I think that is testament to yeah to the whole childless community that as we as we become more visible, we as a whole community, you know, are doing some good. stop it's Lou Ismail I just wanted to say um, I'm so pleased the community exists and it's been really good this year to have another area to meet more people um, and to talk to more people although I love the childless women space I do think there's such a fantastic range of possibilities having men and women together I've I've really enjoyed the community calls and the um being able to listen to the podcast and then and then ask questions and I felt really welcome and I'm really grateful for that. Um I wanted to say a huge shout out to my wonderful meditation teacher and dear friend Bindi Shah. She's absolutely fabulous, as I'm sure you will all know. Um, particularly Jay <laughs> will know that. Um but she's such a support to a meditation group throughout the year and holds a real space for us um, for experiences and events that have nothing to do with the meditation class, but she thinks very carefully about how things affect us and, and how she can help. And I just wanted to say a huge thank you to her for that. Um, and thank you for stop for creating the community. And thank you to all you lovely people that are the community because um, it's just really lovely knowing that other people get it and that we're there. Um, okay, I wish you all a happy Christmas, um, a happy Hanukkah, a happy Eid, and certainly a happy New Year or a happier one. Thank you. What was the question again? What a strategy this year? Just yeah, what's challenges? Everything. <laughs> I don't know. So many things. So many things. I don't know. What was the, what was the first thing that popped into your mind? Oh, something did, but that was about five minutes ago and I've forgotten. 
um so that far back five minutes ago oh I think probably yeah confidence my ongoing issue with confidence but that all being said one of the things that's been interesting was kind of taking this kind of idea and and I know I've spoken to the two of you about it often is about like okay how do I kind of deal with that and as some people might know I'm doing a coaching course and it took me a long time to kind of like work out what coaching course. And I'm really glad I'm doing the one I'm doing. It's with the University of Cambridge, which sounds like, ooh. And actually it's a bit, ooh, as well, because it is really good. Um, I'm glad I'm doing this one because it really, really is um, challenging, actually. It is. I'm learning a lot. There's an awful lot more to coaching than I thought. It's a bit like how you get graphic designer. You can get these courses that are, be a designer in, in six weeks. Uh, no. No, don't do those they don't work um it's not teaching your design at all and it's the same with coaching you know you've got to go quite deep into this and it's a really good good course to do but what I realized was in doing that and it challenged me to admit that yeah okay I want to get better at certain things is that actually I know more than I think so when I've gone in and I thought oh yeah I am I certainly in a design sense I coach a lot because and this is kind of formalizing that but I'm starting to realize that it's going to lead to other things not necessarily podcast, full stop related, not necessarily that, but other areas as well. So it's really interesting in that regard. So, yeah, that's been a challenge, but it's been a good one. It's still a challenge because I've still got to find the time to study. Again, back to boundaries again. And I think there's lots of stuff. I mean, setting up the online community was a leap of faith. Mm. A massive leap of faith for all of us. And setting it up was a challenge. Keeping it going and keeping it vibrant is a challenge. That's kind of like the full stop in a way has presented new challenges. You know, the actual process of recording an episode now is still challenging, but we're getting to be a bit vaguely more professional with these things. But yeah, it's a challenge with that. There's also other stuff around, you know, when we launch the podcast and things and talking to you two and saying, look, actually, can we do this? Can we try that? And is there an easier way to do it? At the moment, my challenge is that it's taking a bit longer because I'm getting to learn new bits of stuff mm-hmm. that will ultimately make it quicker and more seamless. But right now it's taking a bit longer to do. So I've got to kind of be aware that around that are boundaries as well. So yeah, it's it's been challenging. And emotionally, it's been challenging as well. You know, the enormity of going to story hours, you know, all the focus group meetings and... The week after, after it finished, when we went, um, I went to Wales for a week and I struggled. I did struggle. Um, I think I, I did. I wrote about it actually in the last newsletter that I went through a period of grief. You know, it's still sort of lingering a bit. It's been hard and really tough, you know, and I think it is. I think it's a sense of sort of grief that that's done. Obviously looking forward to next year, but next year would be different. So it's it's bit of grief there too and I'm kind of struggling a bit with that still but yeah a lot of emotional stuff but I'm learning to recognize that now I'm not sure I'm handling it any better but I'm learning to recognize it um yeah there's some mental health stuff going on as well around stuff to do with um probably the perimenopause maybe it's not I don't know but there's stuff going on with that that's been worrying me quite a lot for the past year and also kind of my thoughts around that and um yeah some of those have been a bit dark 
and I'm starting to recognize those dark thoughts and yeah and that's hard and that's as much as I want to say about that because but yeah that's something I'm working on and that is an ongoing challenge and yeah it's, I'm starting to realize I've got to start factoring that challenge into my life and handling that a lot better because it's been a problem that I've been ignoring over other things hello everyone this is Bindi Shah I am constantly reminded of the bravery and courage there is in our childless not by choice community Yes, we have come together under circumstances none of us wanted. But just look at us. We're creating communities. We're creating workshops and classes. We're creating art and webinars. We're using our gifts to help in the world and to help us feel less, less than. Because often childlessness can feel less than enough. But I think that we are enough. And actually, we are more than enough. The support I've received has been incredible this year. I'd love to thank everyone who wrote into Stephanie at World Childless Week and suggested me. For the people's champion. This recognition has been so impactful for me and I'm so grateful. 2023 will be a year I remember for a long time. The connection, the friendships. If you're new to your childlessness, do gently come into the Childless Not By Choice spaces. Start adding in connection and understanding to your life. All of our spaces are so welcoming. We'll be happy to have you. Go on, Sarah. Now you can't, you can't get out of it now. It's your turn. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you follow that? Um... I don't know. I, perimenopause is a bastard, isn't it? it? It does do a number on your mental health. I can, I recognise what you're saying. Um, I think my challenge this year was all around visibility. If I'm honest with you, I think the the the, the foray into employment really. Um, I had to do a lot of self reflection afterwards as to whether what was mine and what was theirs in terms again, ten boundaries really. You know what was when I went in and I did that, that, that <clears throat> just shy of three months working in that organisation, I realised how triggered I was by people and I had to work out what was my trigger and what was their stuff really. And I think it took um, it took me a good five, five six months really to get over it. Um, and I, I didn't really feel myself until a couple of months ago, I think. And it was, it was not that I felt that actually I wasn't, uh, I wasn't good at what I did. I was, but it was a, a reassessment of who I am and how I want to turn up. And I think a big part of that was how do I want to turn up for the full stop? I felt at times that I've hidden, uh, hidden away, and I do it a lot. I deflect to other people, and I think that's probably why I'm a counsellor. 
don't look at my stuff let's look at yours and I think <laughs> I can do that a lot in my personal life and I think this year has been really uh, a re- sort of basically working very hard on myself and being more authentic uh, and being honest with people I think there was a lack of honesty from me I think sometimes when things uh, didn't sit very comfortably with me and I think I've started working on that and I think an awful lot around um, sitting with other people and fears around, you know, do they like me? Do they think I'm an idiot? And a lot of that came up in that organisation. There was a lot of politics and it was like trying to separate whether they had a problem with me professionally or whether it was me personally. And that's what really did a number on me. So, yeah, I think for me the, the challenge this year has been shaking that off and reassessing who I am and, and just being more honest about who I am and how I turn up and actually it turns out that I'm you know I'm not the person the bank was telling me I was so I'm completely different to that so yeah it's, it's been it's a challenge and I'm still working on it if I'm honest with you but it's it laid bare a lot of my uh insecurities and then coming on a podcast <laughs> and pretending that I was all right was very very hard if I'm honest that might be why in some of the episodes I'm quite quiet or I'm deflecting a lot. Um, you know, so sometimes when Michael, you, you ask me a question, I'll, you'll, you'll hear that I don't answer it as me. I answer it in like, almost like the third person. I'm like, that's a bit weird. But I just wasn't prepared to be honest at that point because of all the shit with the bank, which I don't miss. I'll be honest. It was, it was the worst decision I ever made, but also the best decision because it meant that I gave up financial services and just focused on what I'm really passionate about, which is my counselling. So yeah, the best of times and the worst of times. Who said that? That's a that's a quote, isn't it? Well, there's it a song the somewhere. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the best of times. Something like that. But yeah, so oh, it was Charles Dickens' Tale of Two Cities. Thank you. Get me with me. Get me. With me. <laughs> I knew it was Charles Dickens. I just had to check which one. <laughs> there you go. Very profound. So, yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I think that's been my challenge this year be more authentic Hmm. well thank you both for being so open and honest Mm, well thank you as well because you're honest yeah you were it's kind of where we show up you can't you can never fault us for being authentic i did put onto the social media today um yesterday whenever it was it went up and it was about the invitation to come along and if michael said to to you and are you feeling festive and we went nah we can't really hide the episode. <laughs> We've got to keep going. And you couldn't really fault us for never being authentic. We, we're we very good at that. And I think, again, that ties into stuff around when you said about what did it feel like when people were sort of going up to us and asking us about things and that that being present. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Sarah, but I was just like, oh, God, no one, no, no one do the fangirl thing because I just am me. I'm just boring, you know, mm-hmm slightly kind of crazy haired me and as authentic as it gets and I'm kind of so pleased that people kind of saw that it's just you know I get as nervous as the next person mm. isn't that the loveliest in, the, in a way not the loveliest thing it's hideous when you're nervous but I think it just probably I, I hope I really hope it goes to show that anyone can do this stuff if you want to then you can you don't have to be professional there's a thing that that i advocate so much which is launch the damn thing and that's it i think i've said that to you a few times sarah (laughs) 
Subscribe. <laughs> Come on, Sarah, launch that thing. Come on. Because <laughs> that's at the end of the day, particularly with websites. Yeah. Well, I think I said that to you, didn't I, in the end? Because I was getting so pissed off with it. I said, oh, just, let's just launch the damn thing. I'm, I'm sure yeah. I want to say you said that. Yeah, you did. You, you emailed me that. I only see you around because I just want to launch the damn thing now. And I'm like, yes, yes, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the thing, isn't it? It doesn't have to be perfect. It really, really doesn't. And I think that's the shit with the podcast. You went back to our past episodes, which I've done. And they're hilarious because we really are like, we had to get to know each other without knowing each other and that's really hard and then to turn up this year and go actually I still like you that's that's good you know that was the weirdest thing I remember when you <laughs> we were going to go over to see you weren't we Berenice that evening and it was kind of like it's going to be this big reunion almost meeting thing and it's kind of like you were up you turned up in the car Michael and we just sort of oh hi and then we just started, yeah. and I was just like, there was no no fanfare, no drum roll. It just was, and I was like, no, oh, we just pulled up, we pulled up the side of the road. Quick, Sarah, get in, we're off. Let's yeah, go. and then we just started chatting, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something out of some cop show. Get in the car, we're taking you away. <laughs> Podcast kidnapped. Yeah, and I got heckled in the street by him. I was like walking back from the car with something I'd forgotten. It was just like. I can't remember what you said, but it was just heckling. And I thought, oh, I know that voice. Oh, it's you. <laughs> yeah. It was a little bit like that. It was all very casual. Then you walked into the kitchen. You were like, I need a beer. <laughs> Who's that? What, Michael? No, you. Oh, me. Sorry. <laughs> you were like, I just got a beer. <laughs> yeah. And that was that. And it was just like it was, you know. Yeah, just oh. was. Hi, everyone. Catherine here. Now everyone knows that I'm a great cheerleader for our amazing community and this is true and I always will be. Now, I just felt I wanted to say that before I say all my thanks and how grateful I am. Um, I think the best way to put this is that since joining the Full Stop online community last summer I've just really enjoyed getting to know you all better and I've even discovered that Berenice and I are T-twins. How amazing is that? The monthly community conversations have been just so lovely as we not only discuss the profound and you know, obviously very emotional issues that relate to our childlessness, but also just as all good friends do, we just sit and chat about what's going on in our daily lives. I think from my point of view, um, I've sometimes got interesting things to say about my daily life. Um, and then other times it's um, a lot more mundane from me. So <laughs> that's what you get from me, I'm afraid. Um, but I am looking forward to more of these great chats in the new year. Of course, the icing on the cake was our October in-person gathering. What a day! Five exclamation marks. I had some lovely chats with dear Berenice and dear Sarah. And um, I really got to um, chat with you and, and learn more about you, which was absolutely wonderful. And um, it, these things really matter, I think, and, and, and help you, uh, you know, you sort of um, it helps you sort of, you know, in the future with bonds when you when you actually you know, get to know people so much more, of course. And dear Michael and Vicky, dear Vicky, were over from Australia. And of course, my dear friend Janine flew over from Copenhagen. So many precious memories. And I'm just so glad that I've got 
many photos to treasure and to look back on. Now, I just want to say a little special thank you to Janine, my dear and true friend Janine. Uh, you know I love you to bits, buddy, and um, for lots and lots and lots and lots of different reasons. Um, but the one I'm going to, the main one I'll say here is, and the, and I think the one that strikes me the most probably <clears throat> is being able to share my love of nature with you. And we've just shared so so many photos over the past two years, and it's just been an absolute joy. I've never met anyone who shared my passion of nature so completely although there must be many people out there who do but meeting you was just such you know it was my good fortune and here's to load more pics in the future finally paul and i would like to wish you all a very happy christmas and much peace joy and happiness throughout 2024 take care of your kind and gentle hearts do you have any more killer questions for us mr hughes is there something that stands out for your year, a highlight? Not one thing. There were so many things. I couldn't, if you, if I had to do like some sort of showreel of the year, then there, <laughs> I don't know that there is, because there's been so much of it. Specifically for this community, then I would say, I think all the focus group meetings have been fun. Working on Robert's book, but also working with the, um, editor on that who I won't mention let's go and buy, buy the book then you'll find out but anyway for privacy reasons and just knowing that she's around in my in my space in another part of my life is incredible and actually probably just being a bit more open about the fact yeah I do part, I, you know part full stop and actually, I think, no, actually, hang on a second, backtrack a bit. There is a highlight. There is. Becoming a CIC. That, because it felt emotional. It felt like this thing was a real thing. It feels sometimes to me like the full stop is actually like a, another person in my life. I can't sort of touch and hug them or anything, but the, the full stop, it, it's actually a proper thing. Not to say that anything that isn't a CSE isn't, because obviously it is. But I think having done it for so long, and then it's a CIC, it meant that, oh, it meant like a big thing. It meant that it felt like it was sort of something that, you know, if people sort of say, oh, what do you do on a podcast? Which is great, but let's face it, everyone seems to have a podcast these days about something. Um which is great, but people have podcasts and they, they disappear. But when you turn around and you say, full stop, it's a podcast. We've had 57, 8, 9, whatever, episodes. This will be 58. 58, thank you. Um, chief counter. Um, 58, stats guy. Then we've got that. That's amazing, isn't it? We're CIC. I've got a community and they're lovely. I just think that's been amazing to do that. Because we didn't have to see our city, we wouldn't have a community. And I do love our community. Just been able to have more information and just have people kind of well, yeah, guide us a bit and chat to us. And you I've actually got people that are part of it. So it doesn't feel like we're just going out. We're kind of going there's like a backwards and a forwards with the podcast now. It's brought something quite unique and special. 
So I want to just give credit to everyone in the community and just say thank you. Thank you. You're my highlight. The CIC, the, the full stop, that's just my highlight. They're not quantifiable things. They're not things I can pick up and hug, although I've hugged a lot of the community. But yeah, genuinely, just thank you from the bottom of my heart for just being there. You're amazing. And I'm going to get emotional, so I'm going to put myself on mute now and have a little cry in the corner. Thank you. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? Um, Pretty much, I think I'll probably echo what Berenice said. I think for me, the highlight was meeting people at St Pancras and Anchester. It was kind of, I think with, um, you know, we do a lot online and then we had COVID, didn't we? And then it kind of made it very real when we met people. And actually, mm. for me, I remember walking away from St Pancras feeling quite emotional going, wow. Not, not that we've done it, that it just that it was lots of people that were childless coming together and you don't often you never see it do you really and there was not and I just I loved that there was not one person sitting there feeling out on a limb or you know lost or and we all sort of came together didn't we and it was just it was just a really lovely day and I I I would love to have been bottled that up and you know just have a little have a little sniff of it every now and again so I can remember it and it's kind of that that really stayed with me. And I think, you know, having you and Vicky come over from um I know you said America, Australia was really special as well. It's kind of actually I mean, obviously we know you, but we'd not get we hadn't got to meet you both. And I think that was really mm. special. But I was glad there wasn't a fanfare around it. I I would have found it really orcs if mm. on our first meeting we had photographers and it would have been fake and it wasn't, it was just we met up. And we were just chatting. And that, that for me was just really valuable rather than us all going, oh, my God, we're all together and let's have photographs and pretend that it's this thing that it's not when actually all it was was, you know, four of us meeting up for the first time, but just really getting on. It was really good. And I will never forget the bag of <laughs> Vicky standing at the uh, the end of uh, the session with the Tam Tam, Tim Tam, sorry. I'll back up and go, please, Sarah, please take some of these Tim Tams. <laughs> please. <laughs> I wonder if one of our members has still got her two Tim Tams. Do you remember? I'm not going to name names because, again, but there is one one person in the in the last community, no, the previous community conversation who turned up to it. And go, I still got my two Tim Tams. And we were just like, wow, we still got them. Because we're kind of mainline and they're gone. Oh, mum, gone. So for those for those who are not Aussie and we didn't meet in the UK, uh, Tim Tams are a chocolate biscuit um, cookie that uh, is yeah is. If you come to Australia, that is the chocolate biscuit you have, and so we, yeah we t we tend to well Vicky especially, she uh, tends to buy a heap of them take them overseas when we go. She should work for the Australian government as a trade envoy. I'm absolutely sure of that. But, um, yeah, so we we found where we could actually buy individual ones, and so we, we bought them over for, for Storyhouse. So at the end of our session, Vicky was giving out Tim Tams at the end of our session just as that little Aussie thing. They're not penguins, but they're better than penguins. You know, like the chocolate penguin biscuits we get over in the UK. No, They've been on social media. I did put them on Instagram, a picture of them, <laughs> picture of them but we kind of need a video of some sort of challenge now. Um, yeah, <laughs> challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. <laughs> 
Hi everyone, it's Katie Schnitzler here from Mist Workshops Limited and I just wanted to wish a very Merry Christmas to, well, first and foremost, the Full Stop team. Thank you for all that you do. I find your podcast inspiring, innovative and of course one of a kind. Also, Merry Christmas to all of the listeners and thank you to those who came to listen to the workplace panel discussion, which I was part of. I was honoured to be part of this at Storyhouse Childless back in September and I've just been overwhelmed with the wonderful messages, responses and also opportunities arising from this event. So thank you for putting me in touch with your HR teams. Um, I should say, for those that don't know, Miss Workshops, we provide training and different supports at work for people who are childless, not by choice, and also related issues of pregnancy loss and infertility as well. So positively, we've provided more training than ever this year with yeah more work in the pipeline for next as well. Um, also, and I'm sure you noticed this as well, but I think there was more engagement than ever before during World Childless Week. So thank you so much to Steph for organising this and working so tirelessly to make change. And um, yeah, I think one of the biggest and maybe more challenging things that I've been trying to do with workplaces has been to get recognition beyond this time frame, beyond this World Childless Week, to recognise it as something that's affecting people every day. So I'm going to continue that work into 2024. And I wanted to say thank you to everyone for bravely engaging with your own organisations to better support Childless Not By Choice employees. I do think it's incredibly brave, um, you know, to speak out about something so personal. And lastly, just thank you to those working in this space, inspirational thought leaders that you are. Um, there's so many to mention, but obviously the Full Stop podcast team, Jodie Day, Jessica Hepburn, Dr. Robin Hadley, and there are many more, but I've only got three minutes, so apologies for that. Um, uh, but yeah, I recommend your amazing work in my workplace training and please just keep doing what you're doing. Um, and of course, big shout out to Steph for World Childless Week again. And Merry Christmas to every one of you who's listening. And I really hope you can find some time for rest and also have capacity for positive experiences wherever you can at this difficult time. Thank you so much. So what's your highlight? Uh, look, I have to say, um, yeah, growing up, adulting and starting the CIC and starting a community and um, I, I get it, I get a lot of satisfaction from 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 hugging our community. I did that a lot while <laughs> while we were over while we were over there, um, and then just. Picking up on what you said, Berenice, about after Chester, how you, you felt quite flat um, that week afterwards. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I didn't have a chance. You know, because we went on that whirlwind tour, meet, meeting all different different people. And uh, that was that was fantastic. That was really, really good. But um, I, I want to echo what you said too, Sarah, about um, St Pancras and 
and how comfortable, how fun it was. And yeah, it, like you say, bottle it up. But I think there's also something in there where if if we could have somehow, I don't know, visually captured that, it would it would go a long way to help those who are struggling right now, you know, to see that that what's possible. So how how I don't know how we could do it, how we could do it. But there, that would be fantastic. And that was a real highlight. Just meeting everyone, meeting you guys, knowing you got legs, you know, that sort of thing. Meet, <laughs> meeting meeting Ticker, meeting Jim as well. Don't forget the dog. That's me. Yeah. Oh Molly. Yeah. yeah. Vicky and Molly have been exchanging messages. So <laughs> <laughs> is Molly cheating on you then? <laughs> I think there's a loyalty problem there, literally. She was, she was in her bed just down here by me. And um, <laughs> Vicky was chatting. She was going, Molly, and the dog's ears were like like this, which is, doesn't often happen, I have to say. We're at nap time. She's gone out this morning now to take her for a walk. But yeah, <laughs> get the dog in there. Let's be honest, though. I, I was just like completely disposed of being the number one human. <laughs> very besotted by you two that's for sure by all of you so before we go on to boundaries i just want to say a big shout out to our community to the people we've got in our circle community you are you are all awesome you have made me grow and um there are some of you that have had personal messages from me will understand that even more than others so thank you it's really privileged i feel really privileged to be part of a group with you all, and that's you to include. Yeah, don't you yeah. set me off again? I'll start crying. I'll really stop crying. <laughs> so, all right, let's get to boundaries. Let's get to boundaries. Then. Yeah, come on, because the double bony's crying again. Which one of us, <laughs> isn't it? And it's me. No, no. Well, Vicky and I were having a chat today, actually, because as I said, we've been feeling quite flat, and we've been trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And one of them, one of them is, yeah, this time of year. Mm-hmm. And you know, what are we going to do? Um. Yeah, and we, we we don't know the answer. We don't know the answer to it, but it is around how do you protect yourself, mm-hmm. but at the same time, how much do you expose yourself to the things you don't want to? That's true. I think boundaries is. I've inferred probably in the past in the previous bit of the podcast about about boundaries. I think. And I think it's a lot of it. I'm quite sure is tied up with, with worth, as well, and trying to show up. To I'm quite sure of that. I've been terribly bad at it in the past. I remember I worked in an agency. It's kind of going back to what you're talking about about working in 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 going back to that job that you had that awful time you had over the the summer, Sarah. And I've been in that position to empathise very much with that. That I worked in places that have been terrible. I remember going through when I was going through IVF. I worked in this agency. It took hours of my life, and it wasn't wasn't actually even my own business. That was the bit. And I was often there like nine, eleven at night, passing proofs. And then through some kind of conversation, I worked out that the person, the editor, who was keeping me back because they just weren't particularly organised at what they were doing, was earning twice as much as me. Mm, yeah, and. I think I was just like, you know, they were stopping me going home and having a life and trying to do the IVF alongside it. And a lot of that actually tied into the fact that I didn't think anybody else would employ me. So, again, I felt like I had to show up and work more 
and prove that I could do it because at one point they tried to demote me because they thought I wouldn't be able to cope with my job wow. not that the job that they demoted me to was going to be any better or less kind of like intense um, yeah. this is a kind of I was managing editorial and design teams at the time and the guy that they got in to replace me guy yeah um he lasted about a month and I went back again and I thought I'll let it play out you know it'd get more money for it but it was still yeah it it left an impact you know I mean there's happy news is that that I did end up working for a very big lovely book publisher um and they took me on and I got different about well yeah boundaries were, were better because it was a proper company but often that's the thing with some of these agencies I think because some jobs they do stretch us with boundaries you know because so, certainly in my experience in design you get a lot of design startups and it's just like what yeah you from the front side and we can do this together and actually behind it it literally is that typical iceberg where it all looks glossy and lovely with the shiny logo and what they do and underneath it really is just chaos on on wheels it's awful and the staff welfare is really bad and the pay is tends to be really crap yeah. so yeah and I think a lot of that was for me at the time connected to worth and lack of self-care not feeling I needed self-care because I was failing at IVF and failing at being a parent and that I think does affect boundaries me anyway that's my kind of personal reflection on where I was that's not necessarily related to Christmas I know and and um, the holiday season but I think just generally as a kind of an attitude my attitude towards boundaries was very mixed up at that time I've learned a lot this year about it but that's how I feel about boundaries or have done in the past no I actually think you're right I mean my boundaries were always pretty appalling um they either were incredibly leaky and I'd put up with all sorts, or they were very rigid, and I'd shut my myself away from people. And I, I never seemed to get a happy medium because it was all. I think when you've got low self esteem, which I very much did, it's kind of linked to how your mood is in that moment, and it can be very erratic. Mine was, you know, I'd, my mental health was all over the show. I think, and it's kind of intrinsically linked, isn't it? So. I'd put up with all sorts of nonsense at work and then outside of work I'd be very lonely because I wouldn't want to be I'd feel sapped dry by pretzeling around people that hadn't I had no business pretzeling around and accommodating and then I was tired because I'm an introvert I had no way of sort of I don't like the word self-care I use responsibly selfish I wasn't responsibly selfish because I didn't believe that I deserved it and then so my boundaries were very rigid and I was very lonely outside of work because I didn't think, um, well, I didn't think people would like me, basically. So I was people pleasing and then not able to accommodate outside work. And I think I think what you're saying is absolutely spot on because I recognise how I used to be around my boundaries to the point I've got a big family on one side, um, big Irish Catholic family. <laughs> so lots of children. Um to the point that I would go to family do's around Christmas or anniversaries or whatever, when actually I didn't really want to be there. I would rather have said no, but I was people pleasing. And so I didn't. So I'd go and I'd get really upset. And then I'd feel like shit for weeks afterwards because I didn't have it in me to say no. And I think that is intrinsically linked with how you feel about yourself. 
absolutely agree with that. I think it's one of the things I've stopped trying to stop doing is doing yes and no with a because. Mm. The one thing that yes and no aren't feelings, they're statements. So yes, I can do this. No, I can't do that. That's it. But what I've done is, no, I can't do that because. One example actually is, is actually going back to my dog. No, I can't take her to the pub because she's too old to lie on a hard floor. It hurts her bones. She's too old. She's in pain, gets very stiff, very sore. If I put that in, there's room for a fix. But you can do, mm. we can just go for a short while. We can, we can, you know, no, it doesn't matter if it's five minutes, an hour, whatever. And a drink isn't five minutes in the pub anyway. It still hurts. And that's a very simple example. It's the first one that comes to mind. I can't think of another one right now, but there's other things, you know, like, you know, I, I can't come to your your Christmas party because there's too many children there and I find it too upsetting. But no, 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 I can't come. And I think also just acknowledging probably in that sort of, yeah, that complex thing of self-care is kind of what is what is that to somebody? I personally, I personally feel that it's perfectly okay to um, have a stack of books and that's an appointment in my opinion you know I don't watch television a great deal or anything much unless it's the Muppets Christmas Carol I don't tend to watch anything much at Christmas um, because I don't particularly I find it too triggering too upsetting most of it I don't know what's going to happen so I just get a whole stack of books No More Book Club is a really good place to go to to look for recommendations and ask in the community as well um, yeah, I get myself a world of books delivery. Stack them up. That's my that's my appointment. No, I can't come along. If I said no, I can't come along because I'm actually sitting in bed reading a pile of books and I'm okay with that. <laughs> people, but you can't do that. So why not? I'm not telling people what I'm doing. I just can't. But that's that's hard because I think that yes and no, there aren't feelings and people will... You unleash feelings in other people, don't you, I guess? People get angry and hurt and disappointed, but that's their feeling. It's not yours to fix, or ours to fix, rather. You know, we can't relieve uncomfortable emotions in other people. But it's really hard to sort of sit with that discomfort. If you're unempathetic and caring, which I think everybody in this community that I've ever met is so empathetic, so caring and so kind, but sometimes that can feel like we've got to kind of like, I don't know, we have to sponge in somehow other people's emotions when they think, you know, they they, they can offload their feelings of hurt and anger because we've said no to something. I think that can be really hard. And that also, you sort of feel like there's a bit of guilt. I certainly do. I feel a bit of guilt that I'm not doing certain things, but I've tried really hard this year to go, actually, I've... I, there's only one person that's going to look after me and that's mm. me literally I you know I, I have to do that that's what I need to do and that I find yeah I find that really hard 
I do. I find that quite tricky, but I'm getting better at it. I started off in a work sense, in a business sense, I suppose, because I run my own business, because podcast, because of the studying and things. It was quite easy. No, it wasn't easy. It was really difficult. It was really painful. But uh, clients can come to me and go, it's urgent. It's design. <laughs> it really isn't going to sort of, you know, I don't think I've ever worked on anything that's been so life changing and life threatening in design in my entire existence of my career. It's not urgent. But actually what I now do is I have a thing where I, OK, if it's urgent, here's the rush fee. Mm. And it's this much and it's a lot because that basically means that I have to then pass on any current work to somebody else. Um, and if someone brings something in now that isn't the way that I work, and these are my tried and trusted systems, they're my trusted systems because actually I know my job well and I've done it for years. I know these systems work. And if someone comes in and goes, no, we're going it my way, I'm not your person. Mm. Not your person. You're not working with me because I know my job well enough to know that this works. You can go find somebody else and that's that's what you do because I've done a lot of that in the past where people have come and they've given me just stuff and we do it my way some people give me stuff and they go it's this way and they might not know the tech or they might not know how to do something in which case the coaching comes in actually in this part and it's kind of like okay we can do this together are you open to being coached and to learn with me and usually they are I've only had one person that, that just literally overstepped their boundaries on that. And I learned hard from that because I've had a tough time with that. And it rattled me an awful lot and changed my perception of that person and about how we were working together. And But it mostly changed my perception of myself. And I felt dreadful afterwards because I knew I hadn't set my boundary. And what I should have said was, no, we're not we're not working together. But here's someone who could probably do that with you better. And that's what I should have done at that time. So I kind of practiced it in that regard. I'm not quite so good, I suppose, perhaps at um, personal stuff, but I've gotten better because actually what I know is that if I don't do those things and I don't set those boundaries, I'm back to working all week. I, I, I have to work weekends sometimes. I know, Sarah, you and I both work for ourselves and for the people that you do. We, that's kind of the nature of what we do. But I'm now realising that if I do that, I need to take a day off during the week. And that might be, you know, like a Tuesday or a Wednesday and I'm going something completely different. I might go and see my friends. I might go and see my parents. I'll go and do something or it might just be half an hour or afternoon rather of just taking my dog out or sitting on the sofa reading a book. But that's my time and I need that. And that means I have to be quite firm and acknowledge that I'm living with the relief of setting my boundaries as opposed to the guilt that might come from carrying and absorbing somebody else's feelings because that's their feelings. They'll get over it. They'll have to. That's their problem. It's not mine. But that's a really tough lesson to learn. Um, I'm sitting with my hands on my 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 chest because I'm feeling all this is sort of <laughs> in here because it's hard. It really is hard, particularly, I think, when it comes to Christmas and to families because, like you said, Sarah, the expectation is so high from people that you know are doing these things where it's a family dinner you know and and we've got to turn up and be something we're not because because it suits them not us 
you know, I'm I advocate a curry on Christmas dinner and and time alone. I think, you know, I, I think Christmas is not Christmas is a bit like it's just it can be anything. It doesn't have to be anything at all, actually, in my book. Um I think that's okay too. But you, Michael, where do you find it? I doubt that our family will listen to this this podcast. So um <laughs> Christmas is always a difficult time for us, always, always has been. Um, we have we have people in our family that don't understand or don't want to understand our position, and it has been explained to them many times, but it doesn't matter. When I think about when I'm telling someone about boundaries, I actually do give them a reason because for me, the way my brain works, it's like, right, no, I can't. Here's the reason why. Now you've got to deal with that. You deal with that. I'm telling you what it is. I'm telling you why I can't. Now it's your issue. It's it's something you need to come to terms with, you need to deal with. Mm. And I find that helps, a, for again, the way my mind works. I find that helps a lot. Now it takes a lot of courage to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, um, yeah, I can do that. I, v- Vicky finds it very difficult to do because, um, she tends to like you, Berenice, she tries, she tends to take, you know, very empathetic and tends to take on that, that feeling of guilt, I guess. Um, whereas, I'm a bit more of a bastard and I don't, <laughs> I, 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 as I said, I just think, you know, okay, I've told you what it is, deal with it. There you go. And I can walk away from that. Um, but um, having said that, then you've got to also navigate the fact though, that like family, for instance, you know, you, you don't want to actually be isolated from, you know, from other members of your family because not, not everyone in your family's, you know, the bad person, shall we say? So then it's a how, how do you deal? How do you deal with that to make sure that you're still being, you know, the the brother or the sister to those other other part members of your family? Um, yeah, it makes it very difficult. So what? So from a practical sense, what we do is at Christmas time, um, we may have the morning for ourselves, and then. We do evening with family, and um, or it may be yeah. And usually, what will happen is that evening with family will be without the people that we don't see eye to eye with, and yeah, and that's what that's that's what we do. But it's still stressful because you worry about what people think about you. You worry about um, you know the th- people saying bad things about you. Do you worry? You know, about how you're perceived or if people are not telling the truth about you. You know, there's all those things that come and do it. So yeah, it is it is not a good time for us. But um yeah, we don't have uh, we don't have the, the magic answer, but yeah, we muddle through, support each other. Best you can do, I think. Yeah. I think I think you're very, very right. I think it's so individual, isn't it? For mm. someone to turn around and say, these are the three steps you need to take, 
it you can't it's not a one size fits all i mean no. the way so i i struggle with christmas as well to be honest it's some years i don't bother celebrating at all you know i do the present thing and we don't have any decorations up you know sometimes i just don't want to and other years i'll do i'll do the whole shebang but every year christmas day is on our own because i don't want to be surrounded by triggers i you know we used to do the thing where we'd go around the family and that and it was it was hellish and it's it's not fair i think on other people to witness you feeling like shit or having mm. to pretend that you're okay and then dash to the toilets it's and i think sometimes we lose sight of that we think we're being selfish when actually we're helping ourselves out and we're also stopping people seeing our pain as well because people will see it they know you don't they and actually mm. i found going actually no we're not doing that anymore we're just going to spend the day on our own and maybe you know do family stuff later on um but i think actually i found that i stopped caring what other people think i had to because otherwise you know we're all very empathic and you tie yourself up in knots can't you thinking oh well i've disappointed so and so oh god i'm gonna have to make that up to them i think you've just got to focus in on what you need at that time so if it's not to celebrate don't celebrate if it is to celebrate then do it in your own way but i think you you have to it's hard don't get me wrong the disappointment you see on people's faces when you say no i'm, I'm not doing that is is hard to sit with but i guess it's part of adulting every adult has to go through disappointment don't they and if if that's me saying no because actually my mental health is very important to me and then I'd rather be selfish than actually put myself through it. So, but it's a one size fits all, I think. No, not a one size fits all, forgive me. It's You have to make your own way through it, don't you, sometimes? Yeah, I think that's that's it. There's a lot of stuff I've noticed coming up on social media. Yeah. Mm. Free stops to, to boundaries and all the rest of it. And it's not because people that we're spending our time with, they're all very different. Yeah. We have people in our lives who want to fix us. We've got people in our lives who probably would listen if we gave them half a chance. We've got people in our lives who want to avoid us as well. They don't want us around there. They're like, oh no, I can't deal with that too. Um, as well as all our own mixed emotions as well. Mm-hmm. And this is levy this expectation too. I go very inward on Christmas Day. I mourn. Oh. I'm really emotional today. This is really ridiculous, but I mourn I mourn the Christmases I had as a kid. You know, we had this routine. I don't know if I've spoken about it. I probably have on the podcast. And if I have my apologies for boring you again with it, but we had a routine. You know, my grandparents invited everybody. If you married in the family, they'd invite, you know, you all those in-laws in as well. It didn't matter who you were. So there'd be just piles of people around the house and my grandmother cooking and they had another kitchen upstairs it sounds very posh this house it really wasn't it was a rag bag of a house but it was a big house and so everyone used to pile around there it was massive and we had a routine to the day that meant Christmas presents weren't until the afternoon and so the whole day was something going on and that when I'm now Christmas, I'm like, oh, I didn't need to do the Queen. I think the Queen's speech might have gone on somewhere else, but it wasn't something we all sat down and watched. But I can, the day 
and like, oh, this time we'd be doing this, and this time we'd be doing this, and this time we'd be doing this, and that, that, that. It's still ingrained in my memory because it was timed. Yeah. Not, not you know, but you know, it's a big thing. And I think probably, you know, a certain one member of my family would have really struggled with that. And I know she would have done. And I was too young to know about these things and too young to know. And their life has now changed and they are now a grandmother. So, but that story comparison sits, I think, in our family too. So I found that really hard mm. um, to deal with. I have that kind of, you know, I always feel like people say, you've not got over it yet. So I've gone from that sort of thing where it was nice to kind of now being going very, very inward, very inwards to the point where I can be completely uncommunicative on Christmas day. I find it hard and I have to put on a big act, which is very exhausting. So by the time kind of Christmas evening comes around, I'm at home and I'm, I'm crashed out. I'm literally, I've got nothing left to give at all it's really hard and I've tried so many things I've tried spending the day completely on my own I've tried spending the day with my dog I've tried doing variations of everything I thought Molly would fix it it's a huge weight to levy on a dog isn't it? she's just a dog it's a lovely one but no it doesn't fix it it's a really tough day and I think for me one of the, the things that I've probably dealt about better is actually just to largely kind of ignore it um yeah, I just had a message in the chat. Yeah, I think childhood Christmases. Yes, I think they can be so hard. Like I feel myself welling up now. You know, I they must be very difficult on my family because they literally were like, "You have to come. There's no choice. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You were kind of like you come along." You know, it had to be a really bloody good excuse to get out of that. No, we were the same, and God, is it? you know the whole day so you'd have your presents and then you'd go around my grandparents and my nan would put on a spread uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it <laughs> it was an Irish Irish salad she'd put on like an Irish buffet so you'd get you get your iceberg lettuce your cucumber tomatoes your ham your boiled eggs <laughs> that's what you used to have for tea that was Christmas tea which literally <laughs> followed Christmas lunch it was just like god the best thing and it, you could try and replicate it at home but it was never the same but yeah, that's what we used to do. And it's kind of, there is a there is a grief in that, isn't there? Because it's kind of like, you know, I sit indoors and we do presents and then we have something to eat and that's it pretty much. And, you know, you might sit and watch films and stuff, but it's not the same. And there's a real grief in it, isn't there? You know, it, it's a real yeah. loss. And it's kind of, I think we can make our own traditions, but you're still going to have that loss of, well, actually, if we'd had kids, would we be more sociable? Would we go out and do this stuff? Yeah, that that cropped into my head the other day. I was, I again, like you, Michael, I don't think any of my family will listen to this, but if they are, then I'm still going to go on with the authenticity here and say that I don't tend to get invited to stuff. My cousins have do's with their kids. And... Uh, I kind of think it's like the secret Santa exclusion as well, which I've talked about before, is that, you know, there's a whole secret Santa going on in my family that well, we've been excluded from. Um, and we found out about got a year or so later. And that was tough. Man, that was tough. That was really tough. It was like, that hurt. Because no one thought to ask us. Really, cause it, you know, 
someone made a decision on our behalf that we wouldn't want to be involved in actually ask just ask but anyway aside from that yeah I was I was thinking like if I had kids would I I wouldn't it's not the morning of childlessness so much at Christmas for me it's not morning children because frankly sometimes I listen to stories from friends of mine who are parents and it just sounds hideous it's the fact that not having children means don't get invited to things and if I did get invited to things I wouldn't quite know what to do so the boundaries there to protect myself but then I think well should I just go and test it out but I know that probably it's going to be pretty crap um I'm not sure what safety net is that I need in place for that so I kind of just avoid all of it um but then this popped up I think I can't think where it popped up. One thing that occurred to me also is that I'm not an aunt. One of our, yeah, one of our conversations we had in the community and it's about I'm not an aunt. So my parents aren't grandparents. So that's another thing where I don't have that kind of connection either. It's another kind of bit where it's kind of like another level of exclusion as well that can be quite hard to live with, I think. You don't get that sort of... And not that being an aunt, an aunt and an uncle is really hard. I'm sure that it is. I don't have that experience. I'm not even going to attempt to, to talk about that because it's not something I know of, but I do know that I saw the, the dread of, oh, God, what if they have kids hanged over me and now that's gone because of age. But it was always there. But not having that connection means there's no kind of way in in that regard. I'm just completely like, oh, Berenice has nothing like that. So we don't, she doesn't need to come over. So often actually, sometimes not having, being asked means I don't have a boundary to set. It's just exclusion. <laughs> That's really quite tough as well. Yeah. Different experience, not perhaps one that's for everybody, but I want to throw it in there because I, I know that it came up and I feel that isolation very much. No, I think it's a good point. It's kind of boundaries is all tied in with where we see, where we feel we fit, isn't it, in the family union? Because it changes, doesn't it? If if no one's had kids, but there's a like a, a network going on that you're excluded from, there's that, isn't there? And it's like, well, where do I fit? And I also think there's our own feelings around what, how we're turning up and who we are after not having kids. But I also think that there's like a, a amount of unsaids, isn't there? So if we can't sort of say, for me, I, what I struggle with is sort of explicitly saying um, sometimes what my needs are. You know, you know, some days I'll, I'll talk about stuff. Uh, with my family and then other days I'm, I'm like I don't want to talk about this shit today thank you and it's kind of that movable boundary isn't it and helping people I guess adjust around it because they, they're like I don't know what I'm doing here because Sarah was fine with it last time now she's telling me she's not and I think sometimes we we kind of lose sight of what our needs are in this you know and there is a morning but there is also well what do I want here for Christmas day do I want to be on my own? Does, is it going to change? You know, like I said, some years I celebrate, some years I don't. It's very, very confusing, I think, even for us. Oh God, yeah, you don't quite know what you're going to feel like probably until the morning. No, exactly that, you know. 
that's really hard if you're trying to sort of make a plan but actually it's also emotive mm. people who want to know do i put a you know do i stick another yorkshire pudding in the oven or whatever those sort of boring practical things and you can't really answer until that morning then you'll sort of seen there's also being the perception is unreliable um people are generally better at dealing with kind of stuff like you know broken leg than they are about the, you know about emotions it's really hard and particularly emotions i think that they don't necessarily yeah. know yeah or can empathize with best one in the world i think that's hard i think it's hard for us as a community you know i, I think you know i have this lovely idea in my head each year that i'd like to do a, a, a christmas thing here <laughs> with friends childless it's all come around do something here but actually i didn't know that i could do that emotionally i don't know that i could um despite everyone being at the table being you know we don't have children i'd still probably find that hard it's a lovely thought but and maybe someone might go off and do that but i don't think i'm that person because i think it's too difficult because the day itself is so loaded with with past memories they don't go away and they don't leave us either. I sort of tried to run away from them before. I kind of now realising I've just got to accept them and go, these are the memories I have and this is the grief. But actually maybe today I can do something else that's, you know, somehow acknowledge that grief. Maybe that's a ritual, maybe it's something else that isn't necessarily going away and doing something, but it's maybe just sitting, maybe it's meditating on that and going, okay, this is the grief I've got. And then going and doing something else. I think, other, you know, I know we've done stuff in the past on the podcast, like what else can you do on Christmas Day? But actually it's not that easy to do because I know people have volunteered at food banks and done stuff like that, but there is still the Christmas thing. <laughs> It's still there. It's still the tinsel out and the need to wear a stupid hat and a jumper, which not everybody can do. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I feel like we've kind of been quite sort of mournful about this, but I, I think it's realistic and honest. Um, we could offer some practical stuff, mm. I think, but Again, I think it's individual. It's, I think it's very tricky. I think, um, you know, it's 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 got lots of triggers involved in it, and we our triggers can be quite individual, can't they? So, you know, we've had a uh, sort of everyone sort of saying, "Yeah, I'm mourning the Christmases in my childhood." So there's that. Some people may not. They may have had, you know, miserable Christmases going back, and so there's that real difference, isn't there? And can we all sit with it? But I guess as well, it's the it's the invisibility of it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think mm. it is, and I and I think also you know you you also got New Year as well, and it was like one boom boom after the other, and that gap in between can be really weird. But New Year, I think, is also a tough one too. I mean, I don't know about you two, but I just I just go to bed and ignore the whole thing. That was one day. That was another day, and that's it. It's just other days. It's it's another day. It's just what it is we tend to we tend to go oversee friends who also don't have children and we we play we play board games and 
like nine times out of ten it's it's two o'clock before we realize that midday uh, midnight has been and gone you know because you're so oh, i'm gonna come do that with you i like board games we talked about board games before haven't we yes We're quite good at board we like the board game thing i yeah yeah but i guess it's kind of it's individual isn't it it's whatever's going to make it feel more comfortable for you yeah you can do really i think my only my only advice would be just to, to ramp up that Again, like you're not comfortable with the word self-care, but that self-care, really, really, really dig into it. Really dig into it because, you know, it's, we have to look after ourselves. And to lean into others as well. Um, it's probably a good time to mention that the podcast, the full stop in our community, we've got a chat, community conversation at one o'clock on Christmas Day. We have a con community conversation at one o'clock on Boxing Day as well and they'll be hosted by us um or a combination thereof as well because that is something that we want to do we're trying it out we're going to see but if you want to join the community um then do that you can just join for a month we've also got gift memberships as well so if you are listening to this and thinking i don't know what i want i want to ask for something but i don't know what it is and you can on our website find the gift membership too it'll be in the show notes as well i make sure that it's all in there but you can buy a membership for somebody else or you can ask for it for yourself i would express use wisely if people are listening to this and they are parents and they're thinking oh i know so and so when they don't have children they might like this ask first don't just assume people want to join our community i probably just wouldn't do that um, just as a disclaimer, because it's a very sensitive thing. It's not for everybody. And it might well be that they perhaps aren't, unless they've told you they're childless, not by choice. They might not be, might be child free. They might have made all sorts of different decisions behind it. It's complex, as I'm sure you know, as listeners. But for those that would like it, it's there. And come along as long as you want and join in with us as well. That's cool. We'd be more than welcome into our space and we'll be having other con community conversations as well there's also a christmas gift um christmas card exchange as well which takes place within our community as well sorry this all sounds very community centric but it is a safe space so those of you who are listening and thinking i'm not a member you know we offer different ways in so please do come and find us if you want to but one of the great things about the community is that it is safe and it's for everybody who is childless not by choice so there's all genders welcome regardless of race, age, sexuality, all those things, everyone is welcome, providing you identify as childless, not by choice. And we do check and make sure that that's the case for everybody. We're very careful about that. And we honour and treasure everybody in it. We look after you as you look after us. It's reciprocal. Yeah. So it wasn't all teeth and tinsel, this one, was it? It wasn't. <laughs> But it's great to have the support there as well. Would you like me to end recording? Is there anything else you would like to add? I guess um, I'd just like to wish listeners uh, a peaceful and restful time. Uh, as peaceful and as restful as you can make it. Ditto. Well done. <laughs> yeah, be, look after <laughs> yourselves. Be kind to yourselves. Don't feel that you have to do things you don't want to do. It's your time to yours your time it's very precious look after you you're important you're important to all of us have a peaceful time thanks for listening we hope you found our conversation comforting 
We'd love to hear from you if you found this topic interesting or how you've been able to get to grips with Christmas yourself. If you find yourself needing support this coming Christmas, because it can be a tough time of year, we're going to be around over the Christmas period in live chats, both within the community and to those that aren't in the Full Stop online community, as we have an open house chat on Thursday the 28th of December. If you'd like to join us for any of these chats, we'd love to see you. All the details, including how to register, can be found on our website at www.thefullstoppod.com forward slash event. If you'd like to find out more about our podcast or you have a great idea for a topic we've not yet covered or you'd just like to revisit one, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. We want this podcast to have as many voices from across our community as possible. So if something's missing, we just want a deeper dive on it. Let us know. You can find us on Facebook, Insta, Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also become a member of our brand new online community, which is a safe and inclusive space for anyone that's a member of the Childers community. For more details see our website at www.thefullstoppod.com. You can also sign up to our listeners list at the website, which keeps you up to date on what we're up to. And if you'd like to, you can also donate to our work too. As always, it's important for us to remind you, you're really not alone. Oh God, I'm going to cry again. Jeez. All right, turn turn the recording off, go on. Oh God. Let's turn the recording off. I'm not, I'm not crying. Stop the call.